Good afternoon or good evening, depending on what time you're watching this. I'm Chris Carrado. Welcome to another episode on Rock Hill Video. Our site is on is uh, rockhillvideo.com. We talk a lot of politics on here. You've probably heard me say this a million times, and I'll keep on saying it. Whenever I bring my guests on, this is an open forum to share your thoughts on the, the topics, the matters at hand, and whatnot. A lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll bring people on shows, and they'll bash them or praise them. We don't do that on my show. I don't bring anybody on here to argue with them. This isn't about my opinion. The, I might be hosting it, but it's about the guest on the show to feel very comfortable to talk about the issues and say whatever they got to say. Uh, there's no judgment. Um, if I did bring somebody on, say, to debate someone, once again, it's not about me versus the one person or me with the other person versus the one person to talk over them or give them extra time to talk. I feel a good code of ethics of somebody who studied journalism that, you know, the news is the news. You, you should... Uh, you should, give, you should report the facts and let people speak for themselves without um, bashing them or talking over them when they're trying to get a point. So tonight, this Monday night, we're going to talk with Shannon Bray. So Shannon, thank you for being on our show tonight. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, just to get started, uh, what would you like to share with us about, you know, your, your family life, upbringing, etc.? Sure. I was... Uh... You know, I was born and raised in South Louisiana, uh, grew up down the bayou. Uh, after graduating from, from Thibodeau High, it's one of those words we were talking about before the show, um, I, went to, I went to college, but I went to college fairly early. I ended up skipping a grade or two. Um, and then when I went to college, I really, really wasn't quite ready for the college experience. Um, so I ended up going into the Navy. And, you know, having a having a pretty decent career there as a submariner, diver, um, and really kind of in, enjoyed it. That's one of the, in fact, my, my service is one of the reasons why I decided to run uh, with Veteran Services being, you know, on my platform. But then, you know, once I got out of the Navy, it was either go commercial diving or um, into information technology. I had my first computer when I was eight. It was a Timex Sinclair 1000, it was flat keys, had a tape deck, uh, it, and I just spent hours on it. Um, but, you know, all that time that I spent on it as a kid really kind of translated to an adult. You know, now that I'm a, uh, I write computer software, work in cybersecurity, and, you know, that's where I've been for the last 20 years, um, working in information technology. I'm an author, speaker, um, you know, in worked on a number of uh, high-profile projects for, for the government. Oh, wow. I'm a, you know, father of, of uh, three. We have a blended family. I brought the two girls. My wife brought the boy. We live in Apex, North Carolina. Um, you know, my kids all, um, you know, go to the school systems here. And, uh, you know, education is pretty important to us because we all want to have great kids that are able to flourish in the world. Awesome. Well, I always appreciate it, you know, to have folks on who, who served in the military. So thank you for doing that for our great country. Okay. So uh, what do you want people to know about you? Um, whether it be as a person, as somebody who wants to be an elected official, uh, any uh, misconceptions you want to clear up? Well, I mean, the biggest misconception is that I ran out of some ego trip, which is kind of what I'm hearing now. 
here in North Carolina, it was a razor thin margin. Uh, as it sits right now, in fact, the race hasn't even been called yet, and we're almost a full week after the election. Um, Tom Tillis has about a hundred thousand uh, vote lead over Cal Cunningham, um, but I came in roughly at a hundred sixty-eight thousand, so I covered the spread uh, before the election. Republicans were emailing me, um, giving me their mind. Uh, after the election, they sent thank you letters, and then the Democrats started even telling me giving me their mind. Um, and a lot of it was, if I hadn't run, their candidate would have won. Um, and that's the biggest misconception, I think, um, that I've really kind of noticed. Uh, people just assume that my voters were their candidates' voters. Um, and it's not necessarily true. It, they don't necessarily have gone to the Democrats or the Republicans. There's a lot of people who actually voted for me that were first-time voters and they never participated. And they were energized by me, or they were energized by Spike, and they were energized by Joe. Um, and so this is what got them politically motivated. Now, there's undoubtedly some people who were registered Republican or Democrat that may have voted for me, but I didn't steal those votes. You know, I earned those votes. Um, it was a scandal that Cal Cunningham had that probably pushed more people away, or the lack of a good job that Tom Tillis had done originally. But when you really look at like the data aspects of it with how Trump did, uh, how Joe did, and, oh, and then also how Biden did, you know, it really kind of looks more like to me that we probably trimmed off more of the Republican votes than we did the Democratic votes. But, you know, with, with that being said, I'm going to run again and all the nasty emails and phone calls I get aren't going to deter me because it's my right to do that. And it's my right to represent the people who value their liberty. We don't have to pick and be members of the duopoly, um, being a Republican or a Democrat, because there's a lot of people out there that don't identify with either of those parties. I mean, I grew up as a Republican and there's um, some Republican values that I cherish, but there's also some Democratic ones that I cherish as well. So ideally, you know, a libertarian is someone who's actually in the middle of the aisle. And when we have uh, two parties that are as divisive that they are and keep getting further and further apart, we need more people who can actually play in the middle, work with both sides and actually bring some uh, commonality and some common sense to to politics. Because when you look at it, you have like a Republican, if they say my favorite color is red, then um, that's probably a bad color because obviously the Dems will say I don't like red. But you know, no matter what you do, um, it automatically draws a line in there, and people just want to fight about it. Well, as a libertarian, um, you know, we're we're kind of in that in that middle. So no matter who was elected uh, with Trump, I see some positive things with the with the Supreme Court. You know, maybe they'll roll back some gun legislation in California, and New York, and you. Uh, New- president, maybe we'll get criminal justice reform or decriminalization of marijuana or anything like that. So depending on who's in office, there's always a benefit for where we can move forward. So it's not necessarily, uh, I hate that guy or I hate this guy because A, running as a politician, you know, I'm going to have to work with whoever um, is on those aisles. So I don't want to alienate the people that I'm going to represent just because um, 
um, one party or another. Now, a lot of people know that, you know, I've been anti-Trump, but it wasn't necessarily because of his policies. It was more because of the rhetoric. Um, so, and, you know, now that, eh, you know, I, I don't know if officially it's been called. I think it has. Uh, I haven't really been online. Well, I haven't really been watching TV most of the day. Um, you know, I, I think it's probably, um, you know, going to go Biden's way if it hasn't already. Um, so it's just kind of important that people realize that there are people out there that don't fit the mold of Democrats and Republicans. And just because there's a third or fourth party running on that ticket doesn't mean they stole your votes. Sometimes they generate their own. And even if they do, it's not really someone else's place to say, hey, you shouldn't have ran. You ruined the political system because you're more unable to get up and run yourself. So as long as people are voting for their principles, I think that the world is a better place. Now, your principles might be Republican or they might be Democratic. Uh, but for me, you know, it's about personal liberty. And for the people that I represented, it's about personal liberty. Okay. So when you hear things like, oh, you know, libertarians, those are just angry white Republican guys who want to smoke pot. You know, that, that's something you would disagree with? Uh, well, I'm not angry. Uh, I'm white. Uh, I'm, and I'm for the legalization of marijuana, and I like guns. So there's more to us than that. You okay. Know? While that might be checks that you know check plenty of people off, um, you know we're also looking for criminal justice reform. We believe that all men are created equal. We don't want to see you know gerrymandering that skews votings and and lines like that. We want uh, fair elections. We want people to be treated well. We want, you know, equal rights for the gay community. So, you know, just in that sentence alone, I had Republican values because I don't like to be taxed a whole lot. Um, in fact, I'd rather not be taxed at all. That was, you know, one of my least favorite amendments in the Constitution um, is the 16th Amendment that gave the government the power to, you know, to, to tax us. Um, so it's really easy for me to spend some time with someone, talk politically, and I immediately identify what's important to them and then have some commonalities, no matter who they are. Okay. So you you, would, um, you, you might also hear things about libertarians. Yeah, they just show up every four years to run for president. You know, they need to start tackling the, the local elections and, um, you know, uh, state and local government. Would you say you definitely have proven that to be wrong by what you did? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, well, A, I plan on running in 2022, so I'm not just showing up for the, the four-year cycle, but I actually believe 2022 might even be better for the Libertarian Party because we made so much ground this time, even even though we are in a divisive uh, election. It, it amazed me that I got over 168,000 votes when there were so many pro-Trump and anti-Trump people. It's easy for someone to say, oh, I don't want to waste my vote. This one's too important. We hear that all the time. Um, and this time, you know, 168,000 people said, you know what? I'm tired of people telling me I'm wasting my vote and I'm going to go cast it for someone, even if they're not going to win, I'm voting my principles. Okay. So you, uh, like I said, you went against um, Cunningham and Tillis. What, what seat was that? What was that? For the U.S. Uh, Senate for the state of North Carolina. U.S. Senate. Okay. Basically, uh, was one of the seats tied with Georgia that's going to give the Senate control. 
So it's heated. And uh, I have a buddy in Georgia who ran. Uh, Shane, he, he covered the spread, same thing. You know, social media has not been very kind to him lately, but we're both tough birds, right? We, uh, you know, it's the whole sticks and stones and most of the stuff that people say are, aren't very smart anyway. <laughs> they don't understand the political landscape and, and where votes come from um, or even how the electoral process works. So it, it's not like I'm taking these insults and, and you know, having a tough time sleeping at night. Got it. So you're saying that race still hasn't been called yet, um, but overall, uh, how, do, how do you feel about it? Uh, I'm, I'm tickled pink uh, with the, the amount of love I got from North Carolina voters in, in an election that was this divisive um, is, is an amazing accomplishment. I broke the libertarian record in the state of North Carolina for both state and federal vote so um that that's huge so to me we're working forward um and i'm looking to double that number in 2022 which if i actually double that number in 2022 with uh a number of people who don't actually participate in those off cycles i can win so you know now it's time to start um hitting the road already you know start a fundraising make that debate stage and then actually pull those numbers again, um, and then I can see myself in Washington. Got it. Okay. So what what do you feel that you'll need to do differently, and what do you feel you'll need to do that's the same? Well, the one thing that I did rather well, I think, is I was on social media, and I interacted with everyone, whether they liked me or not. Um, every email I got, uh, I responded to if they gave me a legit email address. Um, I tried to answer every phone call I could. They left a message. I, I always called back. Um, and other than that, you know, I ran a one-man campaign. Now, the one thing that I have to change is I have to raise enough money now. Uh, during the last cycle, I was invited to the debates. I was supposed to be on the debate stage with uh, Tillis and Cunningham. But then right before the debate, I was disinvited. And the reason why they said was I didn't raise enough money. Well, I only raised $400 by design. I am strongly against campaign finance issues like the other two have. So I wanted to see how good I can do on a limited budget. I gave myself $1,000 to play with. Um, and you know, to come in even under that kind of shows me that, and with the number of votes I got, that's pretty powerful. Uh, had I actually had a couple million dollars when the news broke, when our Democrat senator uh, was busted sleeping with a veteran's wife and um, all the scandals he had, and then the people who don't like our Republican one, that would have been the optimal time to come out with a commercial and say, hey, there's a third option. But unfortunately, I wasn't in position to do that. Um, but next time, I certainly will be. Got it. Okay, thank you. Um, so we learned, you know, we learned a little bit about your political affiliation and, and uh, your party. Is there anything else you want to share that's that's different about the Libertarian uh, Party as opposed to Democrats, Republicans, Green Party, etc.? Yeah, I mean, you know, Libertarians um, are many people still don't even know what the Libertarian Party is. They might hear about it, but then it begins with liberals, so they don't know if it's you know a, a Democratic Party or or whatnot. Um, but the, the thing that I think is most important to 
uh, for people to realize is the power of the third party vote. If you live in the state of Texas, right, you know that state's going to be red. Oh, yeah. um, sorry, the Democrats in Texas and the Democrats in Louisiana, that state's red. California, the exact opposite. You can be a Republican there and that state's going to be blue. So the one thing that might be important for those states that never really become swing states is if you're unhappy with the government or the uh, the duopoly powers is actually vote third party. Third party votes aren't wasted because what that does is it actually puts the candidate or um, the party, they get certain percentages. And once you break 5% or 15%, depending on the race, then you're included in um, uh, funding and you're included in the debates and you're included in a number of things that you get excluded from. So if you don't think your candidate's going to win, voting third party is a great way to kind of say, hey, I'm voicing my opinion and I would like to have other options. Got it. Okay. Uh, what else would you like to share about the, the 2020 election, whether it be on your state, the presidency, Congress, anything else you want to share that we didn't talk about? Well, you know, a lot of people think the world is over. Uh, here's kind of the way that I... I look look at it. You know, we have a, a conservative Supreme Court and we have, at least right now, we have a conservative Senate with a Democratic president and a Democratic House. There's a lot of gridlock there. Um, but gridlock is really helpful to the uh, to the process because now you're not going to get steamrolled by laws that you really can't stomach. Um, and the benefit of the Supreme Court nomination, although I didn't see it at the time, is that now that's going to help protect some of the Second Amendment rights. Um, and now they can't necessarily, the Democratic Party can't necessarily come in and court pack because the Senate's there to kind of stop that. So it's going to keep that equilibrium in place um, and not over skew some of the laws or whatnot. So hopefully people start working in the middle. Um, hopefully the rhetoric uh, and the name calling and all of that, you know, dies down and and people realize that, you know, it's just, it's just politics and, you know, it, it's, it's time to figure out what you actually value, find a candidate who shares those values and then vote for them that way instead of just picking an R or a D. Got it. So when, when it comes to this past election, uh, any concerns that people might have that our country is going to become a socialist or communist country or, um, women or, you know, black people, uh, Hispanics, uh, nobody's going to lose their rights or anything like that. No, I don't think people are going to lose their rights. I mean, we do have a conservative Supreme Court now. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how gay rights kind of plays out. Um, I, I'm hoping that the Democratic leads will, will push forward there. Um, you may you may have some pushback there in the Supreme Court with uh, with some of that, but uh, hopefully all that gets put to bed. Road versus Wade might be a contention point. Hopefully they leave that alone. Um, you know, as a libertarian, we want the federal government completely out of our lives. Um, so you know, we don't need extra federal laws telling us how to act. You know, I think we're all smart enough. Um, how to govern our own lives. We don't need the government in here, um, you know, dictating what what they expect us to do 
when we're quite capable of doing that ourselves. Okay. Yeah, I was actually, I meant to bring that up too, uh, you know, a woman's right to choose whether she wants to have an abortion. A, a lot of the libertarians I talk to, they're, they're very split on that. Um, there are some pro-life, some pro-choice, but all of them seem to, well, for the most part, agree that, that you should leave Roe v. Wade alone because, uh, once again, they don't want the government being involved in that. Yeah, I, you know, personally, I'm uh, pro-life. Um, but policy-wise, I'm pro-choice by, by design because I don't want to have laws that the federal government puts out that's going to remove that, uh, that right for a woman, her family, and her doctor to make those decisions. Now, on the flip side, I do actually support uh, you know, funding of you know, birth control and IUDs and anything to kind of stop the whole abortion um, topic from even coming into play to me would be a winning uh, opportunity, even though I'm a libertarian and I don't necessarily like um, government funding that way. It, it mitigates a lot of that risk. Um, and to me, it's a good middle ground. Got it. Thank you. Would you say that uh, a, a thought process behind libertarians really is, you know, you can go ahead and ban things, but you're really not uh, doing any good because all you're really doing is um, basically creating a black market for things and crime will just rise. Right. I mean, and we saw that with Reagan in the drug war. Right. Um, and then we you won't necessarily have the black market if everything was legal. And just because it's legal doesn't mean everyone's going to go out and do it. I mean, there's plenty of people who don't drink. Um, they legalized uh, marijuana in Colorado. And, well, let's say, depending on where you live in Colorado, some right. of it's up in smoke. But, you know, um, you know Oregon, uh, Washington, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to just go out and do it. Uh, what it really helps is it stops um, the minorities from being thrown in jail on a stupid drug charge and them getting 20 years because they broke probation or something and their whole crime wasn't didn't even have necessarily a victim in it um and it gets abused it gets abused by our political powers it gets abused by our law enforcement um so if we had uh the decriminalization aspects of that and actually help people um you know, use that as an opportunity to say, hey, maybe we sh maybe you should, you know, either get off of it, do it better or, or whatever and not throw somebody's entire life away for 20 years off of, you know, a, a drug charge. Got it. OK, so what are your plans for 2022 that we might not have talked about yet? Uh, well, you know, 2022, I'm going to come out swinging. I'm going to run the same platform. I'm running as a libertarian, even though some people suggest that I should run as a Republican. I, I feel like I'd be turning my back on the people that uh, really came out to support me here. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing is just really looking at fundraising, um, become a little bit more visible after the race. Uh, you know, I've had several news outlets reach out and I've done more TV since the election than I did in the two years before. Um, so I, I think the libertarian message is going to resonate a little bit with more people. And, you know, it's just it's it, it's my job to speak uh, as openly and honestly as I can so that people can either identify with me or hate me. Um, but then if they identify with me, 
then they feel like they have somebody that they can they can support. Because there's nothing better than casting your vote for someone you actually like, believe in, and trust. Um, you know, so many times we're we're there picking the the lesser of two evils, and we don't always have to do that. You know, if we have that third and fourth option, you can find somebody who actually gives a damn, um, and and not just looking for the corruption power. Got it. Thank you. Shannon, where can our viewers learn more about you? Well, um, the, the best place to learn about me is to get on uh, Twitter, uh, Shannon Bray NC, and to talk to me directly. Ask me questions, shoot me DMs, um, be as nice or as nasty as you want to be. I don't really care. Um, uh, I also have an email address, uh, ShannonBrayNC at gmail.com. Um, but I also have the website at ShannonBray.us uh, that, um, that people can go to as well. And Shannon is spelled S-H-A-N-N-O-N, Bray, yes. B-R-A-Y. Okay. Well, we, we talked about a lot today. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up, whether it be about libertarianism, um, you in politics, you in your personal life, any, anything else? Not really, the only thing that I don't think that we talked about is um, on my platform, I, I ran for cybersecurity. Right, and that's that's everything. Uh, election security and protecting uh, personal data and personal privacy and having uh, more, having some of those laws that we do need that will penalize people who commit fraud and steal, um, you know, behind behind a keyboard. Um, there's not very good. So when you look at what Zuckerberg did to Congress, right? He went there and he made them all look like a bunch of idiots. They didn't know what questions to ask. They don't understand platforms. They don't understand how social media works. Um, they don't understand data privacy. They don't understand anything. So they're sitting there trying to have dialogue uh, with a man and they were clearly being schooled. You know, we need to have more people who understand data architectures and privacy and, um, and get them in play so that we can actually protect um, the citizens of this country, very much like the GDPR does for the people in the EU. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Let me uh, look something up. So I'm, I don't know if you've seen a lot of people uh, want to leave Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and go to something called Parler. Parler, yeah. A any thoughts on that? I've heard I've heard um, a lot of bad reviews on Parler. I uh, just signed up myself uh, last week. I think haven't really done much with it. I went through the verification process to prove that I am who I am. Um, but you know, as of right now, as far as I know, I've got zero posts, zero followers. I'm not following anyone. So it's the big, you know, tri triple O's. Um, Twitter. Twitter, I think, at least from the libertarian standpoint, has got an excellent community. And, you know, I I just started libertarian Twitter like three or four months ago. And, you know, there's people all over the country, whether they're candidates or uh, constituents or politicians uh, or, you know, people, movie stars, you know, they're all interacting, um, you know, on the libertarian Twitter aspects. And we have excellent conversations. I mean, I had a conversation with uh, uh, quite a few people just on you know, their unhappiness with, you know, with the duopoly 
and a lot of them are very high-profile people. Okay. Yeah, the reason why when you brought up about a little bit about social media, just kind of gave me that one idea for one more question, just because of the the tweet from AOC. Uh, is anyone archiving these Trump? I don't know if I'm saying this word or not right. S y c o p h a n t s. Syncophants? Am I saying that word right? I'm not sure. It's not a word that I think I used it uh, at all. For when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future, I foresee decent probability in, of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future. You delete a tweet, there's a site that keeps track of all of that. Okay. Um, because I deleted a tweet just because I had a misspelling in it. And and then when I was doing an internet search, trying to find out, you know, what what's going on, uh, what people are saying about me and stuff, I happened to find, you know, those deleted tweets. So the once you hit the send button, that stuff is archived. Okay. Uh, so there there's no need to necessarily do that. Okay. Because that I, tweet they really lasts for two weeks, um, and they fall out. So you don't necessarily have to go back and delete them anyway. Okay. Because I understood what what she was trying to state in this tweet, but I I, I hadn't I hadn't seen this uh, word before. That's why I was asking. Okay, okay. So it doesn't really matter. It's already being done anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, that, and that's just her stirring stirring the pot some more. Okay. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully both parties kind of relax a little bit, um, take a chill pill, and you know, let's just get back to um, you know loving our neighbor. Uh, versus saying, oh, you were a Trump fan and I was, you know, a Biden fan or, you know, she's a Biden, you know, all of that doesn't matter. Uh, we all want to live in a world where we kind of make our own personal rules and we don't have that influence from from the government. So, you know, now's the perfect time to, uh, A, find their disgruntled people and, you know, invite them over to the Libertarian Party and, you know, B, start working on positive messaging instead of, you know, stuck in the rhetoric. Got it. Okay. Well, Shannon, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, uh, what, Monday, November 9th, 2020, um, 8.16 p.m. Uh, I'm Chris Carrado. Uh, uh, please uh, continue watching our show. If you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um my email is corrado81 at gmail.com. That's C-O-R-R-A-D-O 81 at gmail.com. Everyone's welcome on this show. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, uh, Green Party, Independent. You are welcome to come on the show, uh, whether it be just you and I having a conversation or I've, I've had some debates on here too, friendly debates where everyone gets their chance to say what they have to say. I always encourage people debating to uh, just have a pen and paper that way you don't have to worry about screaming over somebody to get your point out just write it down and we'll we'll get to you but uh that's what we have for tonight uh like i said i'm chris carrado now a word from our sponsors